This is Brighton's finest. Bringing the artists closer to you. Juice. So welcome to uh, Nick, Nick Mulvey. Thanks for coming into the studios today. Thank you, Jeff. Nice to be here. And uh, you're uh, out driving about uh, all over the country, aren't you? Doing radio interviews here, there and everywhere. That's so. right. Yeah, you know, we have an album yeah. to promote. Sure. And the album is called... Uh, Wake Up Now, which is, is out on 8th of September. Exactly. It's your follow-up album uh, to the Mercury-nominated debut album of three years ago, wasn't it? Three years ago now? Uh, yeah, three years ago, yeah. Yeah. So it's quite a long time. Mm. <laughs> uh, so um, tell me about what you've been doing in between, because obviously the Mercury was a big thing for you and uh, it raised your profile quite considerably, I should imagine. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, always an honour to be recognised and... and that was back at the end of 2015. 2015 was the it? album came 14. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, and then no, you got, sorry, and yeah, then I'm wrong. Got... I'm wrong. Yeah, sorry. The album came out 2014. The Mercury Prize later that year. Yeah. Then we toured it right the way to the end of 2015. Yeah. At which point the finishing of that album coincided with uh, personally for me a move out of living in London to living in the countryside, and. Um, found out my wife was pregnant and wrote this album in parallel with the pregnancy and then the birth of our kid and okay. recorded it at the end of 2016 and then f over into the beginning of this year we yeah. finished it so then the uh, the child is born the baby is born he's now crawling everywhere and got a name inca inca his name is inca yeah and he loves playing drums actually really oh he's crazy about it yeah so he's following in his father's footsteps already well we we'll, we'll see yeah yeah because <laughs> originally you were a hang player well that's what you were known for playing with uh portico quartet yeah, that's right yeah a band i'm um, quite familiar with i saw them play live on two or three occasions okay yeah and, um uh, i think you were in the band at that point because you you were there between Somewhere in like 2008 to 2011, something like that. Exactly, maybe. 2012 was my last gig. Right. And um, it was, you know, I remember some sort of great shows at the uh, the Old Market. Yeah. In oh, Hurry. yeah, that's one of the gigs I saw. There were some really yeah, good yeah. ones there. And we did one at the Dome, I remember really right. enjoying. Yeah, so I was playing the Hang in that, which is an unusual percussion instrument. Yeah. Um, HNG, worth a Google. Yeah. Um, and But I was always a guitarist and always sort of into writing songs and 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 working with lyrics and so i was always gonna kind of get sure get back onto that at some some point because you went to study in havana is that right in cuba i did yeah as a youngster yeah that was already a, a thing i did starting out yeah. yeah and you're always into kind of music exploring music e even as an academic i think you were doing a course in ethno ethnomusicology i did yeah i would never say i was sort of um, <laughs> an academic at heart but i made it but through. you qualify uh, yeah i got myself yeah. that degree and and you know what i just was exposed to so much music through that and i loved it all and and just had such an appetite sure um, and i love you know yeah absolutely i love to um to n understand music in its in its context you know there's no note that is not full of every other note that's come before it yeah. you know what i mean and we would look we would pull apart a Britney Spears track or something in class and you wouldn't believe how interesting yeah. one of those tracks yeah. could be <laughs> or we'd look at the role of like you know the res the way music evolved along with the introduction of the railway in Congo and uh, and looking at mining and, and songs yeah. that created around mining and the way that affected gender roles within Congolese pop music yeah. or something like that and um, you know 
needless to say i've just i'm just crazy about music sure and always have been and um and so you know if you really love a style you love all the styles around it that yeah. make it that way with the new album it, does that kind of background inform your the new album and if it does how does it oh i think that is the, the kind of the, the setting of the album in a way because you know all of those um musics that i've absorbed leave their mark but this album is, is something beyond that in that um I was actually in one place when I wrote it, you know, as I described out in, in Wiltshire. Um, and it wasn't really about thinking about different styles or, or how to combine them. It's not really about that. It's, a, you know, for a while, including my first album, it's been about a deeper process of um, kind of embodying those styles and letting them all kind of find their meeting point in yep. the music. And, um, you know, that's that's not really an intellectual thing where I think about all the different styles. It's much more of a kind of um, feeling my way through through the music and, and making music that feels right for me. Brighton's finest. Jeff Hemmings. Jeff Hemmings. This is Juice 107.2. Brighton's finest. And it's done in um, almost isolation. You're out really kind of out in the sticks and... Actually, Wiltshire, no. The Wiltshire Dorset border. Yeah, so I mean, that's where I was, but uh, I've got a pool of friends down there. And, yeah. And they're all absolutely wonderful musicians. And, you know, sharing the process um, was, was a real intention I had right from the start because my first album, First Mind, was kind of written in solitude. And right the way from the beginning of this album, I knew that I wanted to share the process and that was happening naturally anyway. Um, so I shared it with friends and then, and when I got into a moment of impatience or frustration with the, with the writing process, they really shared it with me and I with their own projects, you know, it was a, it was a two way thing. So that, a pool of friends got to know the material and then down the line when I met the producer Ethan Johns one of the first things he said to me was probably everybody you need is closer than you think and I said to him well yeah there is all these friends and they're all unbelievable sick musicians and they know the material and he sort of just shone it back to me he was like yeah. uh, do yeah. it go there bring them down so we were all in real world studios which is Peter Gabriel's yeah. studios out in Wiltshire it's a little haven in a valley and it's all residential so the baby was only six weeks old and my wife we all set up there she sings on the record too and a real pool of friends made this album and that's why I love it so much and why I can back it so much because it's not just me on my own with my own opinions Yeah, it's really a collective expression sure and it's, more, it's more of an organic approach to uh, this album you would say with the with the other musicians in mind or did you present the songs as you wanted them and uh, said this is what I'd like you to do uh, well I learned in lots of different ways through the process and actually through the parallel of the pregnancy and the birth of the baby yeah it was so much about uh, the next level for me was so much about surrendering control you know it became really about that and um um one of the ways Ethan the producer is a real master at that um in terms of like creating circumstances in the studio that support you to kind of step into the unknown and to to kind of leave behind your plans you know so one of those ways is working very quickly yeah um another one of those ways is um recording in a live way 
that where well, you got a lot of sonic spillage over the microphones and you you can't be a perfectionist that was the key thing for me that was about what yeah. I, that's what i mean about surrendering control is about i had to work out environments where i couldn't be a perfectionist because i kind of was and i was making these demos where the problem was they were perfect yeah i was listening to them like, the architecture was just beautiful within the music everything was how i wanted it and i was dry i was cold and just not into it so i had to make these environments that were fun and playful and i couldn't entirely yeah. control okay and also, uh, you took some of the music, or some of the music, to um, Dan Carey as well. That was the second half of the process. That was the second. And Dan Carey, for those who don't know, is a, is a well-known producer in his own right. Bat for Lashes, I believe, is one of his. Yeah, and, Kate Tempest. Uh, Kate Tempest did that amazing album with her, Let Them Eat Chaos, for instance. Mm -hmm. and, know, he's, and he's great, isn't he? Yeah. yeah on the, on the sort of a more electronic uh, tip. Dan's a, a, a really dear friend and was the producer of my first album yeah so and he's a real master of um living and breathing electronics you know sequenced music that is alive you know and um once we were, we were recording in real world these tracks in this way that i wanted to with everybody in a circle capturing this realness and this rawness it occurred to me that it would just be a beautiful thing to be able to take all these files take them up to london with with Dan and then add the drum machines and the synthesizers and the arpeggiators that I wanted because I've always cared about that side of music yeah. and, it's, and it's part of what I love but after the human fact of all these real recordings you know so that the sequence music was subservient to the uh, to, to, to us as players so if the track wants to speed up it does because we didn't record it to a click track but we painstakingly applied these grid uh, beat maps you know these click tracks afterwards right so that they are all we added each beat in each click in one by one okay so then we could make the arpeggiators go with the playing but they would speed up and slow down with us right yeah, yeah. and i wondered if a lot of the music i love like fortet or caribou these electronic producers who achieve a very living breathing yeah. electronics if they work in that way probably it's like the oldest thing in the world and 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 but for me it was really exciting yeah okay brilliant sounds amazing um so you've basically been um gigging um pre the album release obviously you've been doing some shows at uh, Glastonbury mm -hmm. did the park stage yeah uh, you did WOMAD and I think you've got Bestival coming up as well Festival number six Festival number uh, six Into the Wild as well they yeah. are the UK ones yeah. so we uh, had the chance to showcase some of the new material at uh, at these festivals or is that yet to happen no that's what these festivals are about for us um, because the friends who came together in the studio you know it something really clicked and it became a band yeah so now we are this band on the road uh we're with five of us on stage it's a really cool thing and that that's been about presenting that this summer in the festivals and us finding our feet with it and um and getting it ready for the autumn yeah so it's a band set up i think the last time i spoke to you which was just after your debut album um it was was it just you pretty much on the road you and somebody else maybe? it had been for a long time yeah. a solo thing yeah and then we put a band around it the yeah the, after the re yeah. release of the album yeah okay but this is a different band now all right so you're going to come to uh bexhill just down the road from here delaware pavilion. pavilion that's right do you know bexhill <laughs> I played it once. I played oh, it once played with, with Portico. Portico right, okay. Yeah. So you know it, yeah. Sleepy I, Seaside Town with an amazing venue yeah, right in the middle of it. Yeah, we're going yeah. to rock it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the end of a tour, is it not? I, that's the last day. I think I've that got is the here. last gig of our yeah. UK tour. Okay, and then what, yeah. what's the plan after that? Oh, I think almost straight away we go over to Holland and then France and some in Germany. 
Okay. And then with a minute's pause, we then go on to America up to December. Okay, brilliant. Okay, so uh, you've got your guitar with you, and um, we're going to set you up in a second, but uh, what uh, what are you going to play for us? I'm going to play for you um, what is currently my latest, newest single. Yeah. It's a song called Mountain to Move, and the origins of this song came out of some of the... What, it's me working out my frustrations at the end of touring my last album and the way that um, ambition and expectation in this business before anybody but for certainly this business gets really run away and can get so huge without you even noticing it so this song was right me writing at a moment of um letting my feelings catch up with me and then as always is the process with writing songs like other messages come out bigger messages I, I sort of discover them as i'm writing it so i think the song's about more than that but that's where it came from brighton's finest this is juice Yeah, yeah. 
pretending comparison Always pretending I knew And everything I was looking for I was looking through Wake up Brighton's finest. Bringing the artists closer to you.